WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Hey, Dennis, when it comes to starting the business, which I think is the biggest challenge, people talk about starting businesses and growing a business and really living their dream. After you've been doing this for a while, you're going to experience a little bit of success. And what success looks like to everybody is it's going to vary. But there's at some point when we really need to get to that next level to push us, to get us to scale our business, to get to a point where we can go from $1 million to $5 million to ten, and so forth and so on. That's a challenge. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. We can get to a certain point, but sometimes you can feel that little resistance come at you. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, there's all kinds of different variables that play into it, but the big one is usually it's around those, the people and making sure you got all the right players and all that kind of thing is, and I was thinking of it from a sports analogy standpoint, it's just, it's like sports. If the teams that have the good players and people know where they're going do well, the teams that don't sometimes struggle a little bit. You can have the best coach, but if you don't have players, it, it struggles. Yeah. So George, I, I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And, and this is an area of expertise that I know you know very well. Uh, I've known you for quite a while and I've seen different iterations in the different organizations that you've started and you've done many of them. I know you're a serial entrepreneur, but I don't, I can't think of anybody better to kind of talk about this. So welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Benny. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. So let, let's talk a little bit about the challenge. When we talk about entrepreneurs or business drivers or people who are building their businesses, that's really where a lot of people kind of get to a point. They, they just really want to get that business going. They want to make money. They want to do well enough. But when you're starting to experience success and you want to really scale it to another level, what are some of the things that you're seeing with clients who happen to have these type of issues, what are you seeing out there from people, maybe the challenges that they're coming against? What are, where should, where's some of the problems when, when it comes to just getting to that next level? Uh, that's a great question. I think that the main, the main thing that comes up with many of them is why are we doing what we're doing and where are we going? Right? Like what is mm -hmm. the strategy behind why we're doing any of the work that we're doing? Like think about hiring, for instance, are we bringing somebody in because we have a seat that's vacated and we want to bring somebody in because we need a body in a particular seat? Or are we bringing people in strategically because we're looking for a competitive advantage in the marketplace and we're going after it because we believe there's more upside there, right? It's, mm. it's around having these aligned conversations with a lot of companies. They do not do that, right? You get to a point, like you've said, you, you start the company out. You have a great idea. You're like, maybe I can make some money with this great idea. And you do. And then you add a few people. And then after time, you now have 15 or 20 people. You have a, you have a solid company now. Okay, so what are you going to do with it? Because you had, a, you had a thesis that you're going to start this thing, and maybe it would work out. Well, now it's working out. So what are you going to do with it? And a lot of times, there's not a goal other than I started the company. I'm making money. I'm putting money in the bank. I'm happy. I like what I do. Or maybe you're not happy, you don't like what you're doing, you're working a lot. What do, what do we want to do with this thing? You've created it. What do you want to do with it? And to me, it's a lot of it goes down to alignment. Where are we going? Do we get the right people in the right seats doing the right things right? Are we, are we clear about where we're going? Those are the discussions that I help facilitate and help hold the teams accountable to. So George, so George, as you're seeing all this stuff, I, what, what are some of the 
it's great to say it's going to happen that way, but you run into <laughs> managers that get in the way that yeah. they think that everything's aligned, but they forget to communicate to all their people or tell the people and give them insight. What do you see in that world? What, what we, happens? Yeah, we, we'll do an assessment, right? So uh, I'll, I'll give you a really great story here. Uh, one of the clients I had years ago, um, they came in and they said, hey, we're aligned. Our whole executive team is aligned. We have 80 people in the company. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. I said, okay, great. Can I test that? Would you mind me just assessing your team? So I did. I got the CEO and I got the other executives together, ran an assessment on them. And then it's some real simple questions. I'm talking at an executive level. You should know these answers pretty quickly. One of them was, how many employees do you have? What's your revenue goal? What's your margin? And, uh, you know, and then what was the other one I had in there? Uh, what was your what was your revenue last year? So I want to know what your revenue growth was. Just four basic mm-hmm. questions that most executives should be able to nail. I will tell you the the similarities on that were maybe 20% in terms of the entire team. <laughs> and so it was one of my favorite slides I put together for the presentation because I put a I put Kobe Bryant in the middle of a court and then behind him I photoshopped four different scoreboards. And I go, which which scoreboard are we using to play the game? And they all got it because when I showed the graph, they're like, oh my God, are we that far off? I mean, I had them reporting back, well, we did 24 million in revenue last year. Another's coming back and saying we did 81 million. And I'm like, oh, that's a wee bit of a gap. <laughs> right? Right? It's not 24 to 25 million. If that, that would yeah, have been a different it, story. It was <laughs> vastly different. And and so like, and and this was this was a team that was supposed to be highly effective of working together. And I'm like, wow, if we don't, if we don't know the answer to that question, what other questions are we, are we messing up? What other things are we doing wrong? Because, hey, if I think the revenue that we're going to get is 60 million this year, and that's what their target is, and you think the revenue is going to be 20 million this year, and we're not clear on that very basic number, uh, you know, we're going to be making decisions differently. Wow, that that's really an amazing story, and mm-hmm. and <laughs> I, I I think that we probably make some assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. That in our mind and in the world, hey, we do our jobs. We're focused on I'm CTO. I'm focused on my world. CEO's got his or her type of focus, and we're we're creating stories and and ideas what the business looks like. But we're really not syncing up. It sounds like no. uh, from a very basic thing, we're not having that communication. We're, we just don't really know for a fact, even though we say we're aligned and maybe you're getting along and you guys even have dinner together. But that doesn't even that doesn't necessarily make sense. Right? George, I'm assuming in that story that you shared, I mean, that was at the top level. And you said there was like 80 employees. You get further down, that message even oh. gets more diluted <laughs> and confused and yeah. it's all over the place. And then you that's I assume that's how you get fiefdoms and little towers created inside organizations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and this is the part that it, there's a reason why it's called coaching. I always struggled with the word coaching because to me, it's a loaded term. And uh, when you look at it, all I'm trying to do with the teams is I'm constantly trying to tell them, you need to look at the numbers. You need to look at the goals. You need to communicate these things day in and day out all the time. And I'm going to annoy the hell out of you because I'm going to say this so much that you're going to be like, got it, George, got it. We got to preach core values. We got to go. Yes, you do all the time, more than you think you need to. Like the example I gave where the revenue was so off, what happened there was you had a core team where you had four people that were on the executive team for years. And they all knew the numbers because they heard it so much. 
But then you had a newer member of the team that didn't know the numbers. They didn't feel confident in their ability to ask questions about the financials because they weren't confident in their own financial ability to have their own financial literacy, right? So they didn't want to ask the question and seem stupid. And, ah. and the team that was the core team just made a big assumption. Hey, you know what you're doing. You're on the executive team now. It's like, no, you, you got to onboard people. You know, I, I, can go, I can go down this rabbit hole, but like one of the things I say to all teams, I don't care if it's an executive team, leadership team, whatever you want to call it, you need to create what's called a team charter. And a team charter is just what it sounds like. It's a two or three page document. These are the norms, the expectations. These are the, these are the results we're going for. This is how we hold ourselves accountable. Benny, you remember this when we were in EO together and we had a forum mm -hmm. charter. It's an agreement mm -hmm. that you have in place. And when you have that agreement, you can hold each other accountable to that agreement. That's right. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and I think that that makes a whole lot of sense. We make a lot of assumptions and, and I've even heard it from peers, colleagues, contemporaries of ours, George, that mm -hmm. people say, Hey, you know, we're moving so fast. We're growing so quickly. And they'll use that as an excuse not to do some of these exercises, yes. not to put some of the base criteria together when this is super critical mm -hmm. for as a team to be able to, like you say, to be aligned together and really have that focus so that you're looking in the same direction, not in like 20 different directions, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, you have to have the same focus. And, you know, I was thinking, Benny, when you were saying that, did you ever have, did you ever, you know, I guess even in your personal lives, you can't balance everything right? They call it balancing mm -hmm. for a reason, right? right? So mm -hmm. if I'm going to suddenly focus on my health and I'm going to start exercising day in and day out, what am I giving up for that? What is the trade-off I'm making for that? And then when I mm -hmm. change attention, because I say, oh, my health's going really well. I'm eating great, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to take my eye off the ball and I'm going to focus on something else in my, I'm going to focus on my relationship or my financials. Suddenly that mm -hmm. balance is going to change again, right? And so you see with a lot of teams, maybe if something's working well, I got to, I got to continue to keep your eye on that thing that's working well, because if you take your eye off of it and onto the thing you're trying to address, suddenly you're going to fix the thing that you're addressing. And the thing that was working well is going to go to hell in a handbasket. What, what do you suggest, George, to make sure, you know, that as a company that we're all putting together and we're making sure that not only the executives uh, are, are in alignment, but the company in general, are there certain things that a company should be putting in practice daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, that, that would be helpful for them to make sure that they're going all in, you know, they're, they're working cohesively as a team, anything that you might suggest for those folks? Absolutely. Uh, to me, it would be adopting a meeting cadence and uh, you get these meeting cadences through the various systems that are out there. You can make your own too. Uh, but the more popular systems that are out there, are EOS Traction is a wildly popular one. It's based on scaling up, which is what I, which is what I coach. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's other things like 3HAG. It's another one that's out there, Metronome. Uh, so you got different systems that you can use. Now, all of them come back to a meeting cadence. I believe that having a meeting cadence is the first thing you need to have. So you have a daily meeting, you have a weekly meeting, you have a monthly, you have a quarterly, and you have an annual. At each level is a different topic that we're going to discuss. We're not going to discuss the monthly KPIs, the monthly financials at a weekly meeting, right? Mm -hmm. There's no need to do that. We're going to talk about those things at a monthly meeting when we have more time to go more in depth. The things that we talk about at a weekly meeting are fires that we can address now or things that we have to address for next week. 
not things that are two months out. They're things that need to be addressed now. And then the daily, what we're looking at there is like a huddle, right? We want to know what is the what is the way that you can tell me or your team can tell me that they had a good day or not. They need a number. We want to work towards a number that tells me explicitly that you had a good day. And then we have quarterly meetings where we're going to look back and do a retrospective of the last 30 days, the last 90 days, and then looking forward on the next 90, what are we going to try to accomplish? And let's get real clear what our priorities are. And I and I and I say these meeting cadences are key because once they're established, now we can start talking about things like your strategy, your goals, your bigger ambitions. But we need to build the right rhythms. I I, I think of it like a heartbeat, right? You need that steady heartbeat of a meeting cadence to do uh, do an organization right. So George, you know, our podcast is WFH with two guys, so it stands for working from home. So. Used to, everybody would always be in the offices and a lot of this stuff would happen either in team meetings or sometimes hallway conversations, whatever. How are companies dealing with this now, knowing that, hey, they're not all in the same geographic location, maybe? Yeah, I see them struggling with it. Uh, I don't think there's been an answer yet. No side has won. No side has declared victory here. I think it's. <laughs> I think the answer is unique to each and every business. I see... Clients of mine that are fully remote, they've been remote since day one, and they operate really effectively. I see other clients that are physical from day one. COVID made them remote or at least hybrid, and now they're struggling with who are they? Uh, are, we, are we all in office? Are we hybrid? Are we, are we all work from home? They're trying to figure that out. You know, In some cases, uh, one of my clients saw almost a 20% decrease in their employees working from home, even though they reported that their employees were more happy working from home. And what was what was happening is, if you really look at it, they weren't putting in the hours. They were spending their time doing things around the house, going on doing chores, doing some side work, getting distracted in social media. When you're in the office, you're less likely to do those things. But then you also have to commute. You have all the interruptions in the office. So it's a trade-off. To me, right. mm-hmm. I think it's also asking the wrong question. Should we work from home or remote? Like, I don't think that's the right question we need to ask. We need to ask about what are we trying to do and how are we measuring our progress towards that thing? So what's it matter to anyone if I'm in the office eight hours, if I accomplish the thing I need to accomplish in two? I don't know. I think that's the, that's the question we need to be having, a conversation we need to have. And I, and I think it goes back to your, your scoreboards and making sure you got good metrics to measure things, but then also it's, a, it's, a, it's that meeting cadence and, mm-hmm. and meetings can be through Zoom or in person. So, you know, speaking of that, it's like, you know, there's ways to accomplish it for those that are remote. To your point though, it's, you've got to have regiment, you've got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's that whole strategy piece. And so if you are going to have people remote, they still have to participate in these daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annual meetings. They've got to be engaged and you've got to you got to have some parameters around how those meetings are going to function. Is is yep. kind of what I hear you saying. Yep, absolutely. You have to have some parameters around it. And to me, it's keeping the conversation concise, keeping the conversation on the point. What are we trying to accomplish in these conversations? You know, so many people are turned off by meetings. And um, you know, look, I, I don't want to have any more meetings than I have to, but I find myself on meetings all week long because that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to do, right? But you can have really great meetings. When you're doing a weekly meeting, they're timed. We're timing them at 90 minutes. We're going to get done in 90 minutes. I've adopted, so Scaling Up has its weekly meeting format and the hours can change on that. 
I've pulled that piece from EOS Traction and I like their 90 minute format. They call it an L10 meeting. I like how it's timed, it keeps us on pace and we score it. And the beauty behind that is there's no wasting time. If you're talking about something too long, I have the right, if I'm a team member on here, to be like, hey, Dennis, you're rambling on about something. We just want to know, did you get it done or did you not get it done? I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> and it's, it's great because it gives me a format to say, hey, you're rambling. You're wasting our time. And it, it, it works well, as opposed to other meetings where you just show up and people ramble for several hours and you get no work done. Let me ask you, one of the things that occurs to me as we've been talking here I think about the startup environment. If it's myself or if I'm working with a, a core group of people that we started a company and, you know, that group of folks is we typically you'll have some type of synergy. You'll have the ability to really work to, together. Maybe you worked at a previous company together and, and you understand each other as you onboard and hire new people. It seems to me that a challenge can be the, the, the type of folks that you get, they need to either be aware of what your goals and, and your culture is like within the company. And that, that just simply doing the job isn't going to be enough. That they may have 15 years of a specific type of job that you need, but if they aren't on the same page with you or if they can upset the culture, how, how can really you know, the, the type of hires and the onboarding and just making sure they're along the same alignment that we are. How important is that, George? It's hugely important, hugely important. So if you, if you ever read or you're familiar with the work of Patrick Lencioni's uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And so yeah. what Patrick Lencioni talks about is if you want results, think of it as a pyramid, right? Like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Think of it this way. Mm -hmm. At the bottom of the pyramid is trust, right? So if you have a lack of trust, you never get to the ability to have conflict. So if you don't have conflict, you're not gonna have commitment. Without commitment, you will not have accountability. Without accountability, you will not have results, right? So it starts at trust. If I can't trust my teammates, and it's not talking about trust like, hey, Benny, you said you were gonna get this done this week. It's, that's, that's just table stakes. I expect you to get the work done that you asked to get done. It's the kind mm -hmm. of trust that you see in the Navy SEALs, right? It's vulnerability-based trust. So I think mm -hmm. of a great story that I heard one of the Navy SEALs talking about one time, which was they raided a building and the front guy went in, second guy came behind him and was supposed to clear the right side of this Navy SEAL who went left. And everything was okay, but when they did their debrief later, the second guy coming in told the guy that he did not clear him. He's like, I let you go in the building. I never checked your right side when you went in. And so therefore, I left you totally exposed. You could have got shot. That's on me. That's called vulnerability-based trust. And mm. if you get a team with vulnerability-based trust, things get real, real quick because they can come up and say, hey, you know what? You, you've promoted me or you've given me a role that I can't fulfill, that I don't have the skill set to fulfill. And if I try to fulfill this, I don't let the team down. I need some support here to be a better manager, leader, or whatever it may be, right? So or I didn't make my numbers, or maybe I made my numbers, but I didn't make them in the most up and up way. And so we need to take a deeper look at those numbers. That's where you start building a really kick-ass team. For us really to get to that next level, there is either something that's going to motivate me. It's going to push me to grow my company. And I know 
from experience and talking with other people, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, George. And, and, and are there, have you seen in practice, you know, people being held back from being able to kind of take that next step to scale their company, to grow it? If, if, what do you say to those people? And, and are, are you seeing it a lot? Yeah, I do. I see, I see founders, I see CEOs that have risen to a certain level and now things are outside of their ability to steer it. And I got to get clear with them. You know, we go through and we do a, a behavioral assessment, a disc profile driving forces on them. And I'll say, are you stressed in your current role? And what would it look like to be de-stressed? What can we do to make it so that this is a more enjoyable place to work? And if we do make it a more enjoyable place to work, do you still actually want to work here? Right? So I work with them to get really honest on what they want, because a lot of times you see founders that started the company and grow it, they end up creating a trap for themselves, right? Mm. They create the situation where like, I, I liked doing the thing. I, I don't want to be running the company. <laughs> so now we got clear. Okay, let's get you out of running the company so you can get back to doing the thing or creating all the whiz bang mm. ideas. But let's, let's get you out of the way of the growth of the company. Nice. It, it seems to me too, that we've given a lot of information and that there's some great uh, stuff that we can use, but what are some things that maybe some of the listeners out there can use today, some tools or some ideas that we can give to them that can start us out being able to implement these ideas and tactics together? Yeah. So for one, uh, highly recommend create a meeting cadence, right? So, and create a meeting cadence using whatever system you want, but make sure you create a meeting cadence, you set a time, you keep it time limited and that you follow it week in, week out, that you have KPIs that you're following weekly and make sure you can ask the question, do these KPIs influence the direction of a business, right? We're not going to follow the number of visitors that go to the website, right? We're going to look at things like, What's the, what's the profitability per employee? We're going to look at that per month, right? Um, we're going to look at revenue. We're going to look at gross margin. We're going to look at all these things, but review them on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. Make sure you do that. The next thing I would say is go read one of the books. Go read uh, The Three Hag Way. Go read Scaling Up or go read EOS Traction. Go read one of those and understand the systems. Try to self-implement it. I would highly encourage people to try to self-implement and then after you've run into enough headaches with self-implementing, if you if you hit enough roadblocks, call a coach. There are so many coaches out there that can help you move through it. So go call a coach and let them help you through it. This has been uh, fantastic and I really appreciate it. Uh, I know personally I could certainly make this an hours-long podcast, but I know that uh, we don't have that much time. For folks out there who uh, would be interested in talking to you, getting a little bit more information. How can people get in touch with you? How can people uh, contact you? Make it really easy. Just go to my website, gmorris.com. Uh, I got all of my uh, my socials up there. I have my phone number, email, whatever you need to do to get a hold of me. Uh, but just go to gmorris.com. You can learn all you want. Go to my blog. I try to keep that pretty updated. gmorris.com. Fantastic. George? Mm -hmm. We appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. This has been super educational, super informative. And uh, yeah, we'd like to have you back sometimes. So this is uh, really good stuff. All right. Thank you both. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today on Work From Home with two guys. Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is get in touch by sending me an email, benny at velocitytechnology.group. That's 
B-E-N-N-Y at velocitytechnology.group. Dennis, if some people think that they need to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, there's two ways. One is the email, Dennis J, so it's D-E-N-N-I-S-J, at worksolution.com. So it's W-O-R-X and then solution, no S at the end, dot com. Or I'm on LinkedIn a lot under Dennis Jackson. You can search for works or W or also the work from home. The two guys were there as well. So would love to hear from you guys and help out any way we can. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you at the next episode. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.